What's going down? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, talking about how to be more independent by depending on more people. One is too close to none, whether it's in sales, business, friendship, or sometimes even in your dating life. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe monogamy is the right move for you, maybe it's not. But assuming you're going into a monogamous relationship, you've done your homework, you've read my screening criteria, you've read my how to develop your dating game plan articles and video series, you got your eyes wide open, you know all the pros and cons. But I can tell you this, outside of dating, when it comes to getting paid by clients, monogamy is a very dangerous proposition, okay? One client is too close to none. One client means you're fragile. What you want is to become what Nassim Taleb calls anti-fragile, or the ability to survive and thrive if slash when things go wrong. And I'd go as far as to say that you can't be anti-fragile enough, just like you can't have enough money. Being anti-fragile comes with many benefits. One of those is being able to live a life of independence. The ability to live where you want and do the kind of work that you want and travel where you want and take your motorcycle up to the mountains on a Tuesday afternoon or spend all Sunday afternoon hanging out inside on your bed with your girlfriend eating ice cream maybe doing some other stuff. That's independence. And the way to get that type of independence is expanding your, the circle of people you depend on. Okay, It sounds counterintuitive but expanding the, the circle of people you depend on will make you independent because you're less dependent on one or two or three people. Okay, Every billionaire on the planet is dependent on a lot of people. Bill Gates got wealthy from selling debt and, uh, and, and getting investors and venture capitalists to, to help him fund his business. And then he got really wealthy by selling millions of people Microsoft shares. So he's dependent on all those stockholders. That's what gave him the 40 or 50 billion. Had everyone just sold or if everyone sold today, his net worth would be decapitated. But he just expanded to a massive degree his circle of um, people that he's dependent on to the point of anti-fragility and to the point where you can have tens of thousands of people sell Microsoft and he's still well beyond um, protected and, and, and living well beyond what he needs to survive and thrive. So the reality is you're always dependent on other people to survive. You know, true independence is not possible, but you know, it's a comparison like everything else. You know, we, we're dependent on other people for our food, clothes, shelter. Um, it's a complex world and we need to get people to help us give us what we need. We get people to give us goods and services for exchanging that with, with money. Money literally is influence or power in the sense that by having these magical pieces of paper, these digits on a computer screen, you can give them to people and they will give you goods and services. You can get people to do almost anything when you have enough money. For example, Google has something like 30,000 people working on their campus to make them, the owners and the shareholders wealthier, you know, 24 seven. Okay. Same thing with all major corporations. By the way, I love Google. I'm on YouTube here. My business exists because of Google search and because of YouTube. So I love Google. Okay.
I'm not anti-fragile enough to talk badly about people with power. Never will be, most likely. And at the end of the day, we get people to give us goods and provide services for giving us money. The more money we have, the more we can get people to do what we want, which means the more anti-fragile we are, which means the more independent we are because we don't have to work a bullshit job to survive. We have what's called fuck you money, which means that we can tell people to fuck off and it doesn't hurt our bank account because we don't have a boss to report to or we don't have just one client that can destroy us or you're not dependent on your family for a trust fund or for survival because you're living at home. You've built your circle of dependence so wide that, and you've gotten money from so many different people that you're anti-fragile and you're at a point where you have true independence. And this is an economic planet and, and independence costs money. That's the reality of it is. Okay, now, anti-fragile is not total and neither is independence. Like all things, it's, it's basis is comparison. Um, in this case, comparison to levels of dependence, with the lowest being a baby, um, com solely dependent on small to survive. Then you have a teenager who's able to survive on their own, but they're dependent on their parents' money. Um, they're forced to go to school. They have relatively little independence. That extends towards college, where most people are getting by on on some of what they earn, but then on their parents. And then you have sort of the average middle-class worker who is more independent than a teenager, more independent than a college student, but is dependent on their boss. They're usually not client-facing, so they have a set salary. Their, their income is capped. Most people who are middle-class um, aren't going to have the money to retire. They're not able to travel when they want. They're not able to go where they want. You know, from 9 to 5, it's sit here, do this. Go to the bathroom here. This is your break time. This is where you can eat. Okay. Compare that to someone like a Mark Cuban, who's sort of near the farthest end of independence and anti-fragility. So there's, within the human experience, there is no pure independence. There's no pure anti-fragility. But there are massive gradations of that between one human to the other. Uh, this is the result of this massive complex society that we lived in. In, in earlier times, in sort of smaller hunter-gatherer societies, those kind of um, independence differentials, whatever you want to call it, or that ability of anti-fragility wasn't possible because there weren't enough people to do things for you. In these massive societies, when you're able to accumulate enough credits, you know, enough of that magical paper, enough of those magical digits, you have millions of people that are able to do things for you, giving you a lifestyle that our ancestors could have only dreamed of. I mean, even in today's day and age, just the just having air conditioning and a cell phone and internet is more than a king had 300 years ago. So there are these massive levels of dependence. There's massive levels of wealth inequality. You might not like the world, but if we're talking about lifestyle optimization, that's just the way it is. And you want to be able to get where you're maxing out your health, wealth, relationships, lifestyle. That comes with getting paid and independence and being anti-fragile. And that comes with increasing your circle of people you're dependent on as opposed to just being dependent on one or two people. When you're dependent on one or two people, you, you don't have independence and you're fragile. Okay. 
The more people paying you in your business, the less dependent you are on any one client. Fact is, it's an economic planet, and unless you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth, you need to buy your freedom. Okay, they don't teach you that in school. You need to buy your freedom. Okay. Your independence, your freedom, it comes with a price, it comes with a lot of sacrifice, it comes with a lot of hard work, it might come with some failed businesses, it might not come with a failed business if you follow the stuff that I, I outlined for you. I feel like I've done enough failing for all you guys. I've outsourced that for you. I've, 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 I've figured out how to fail, okay? And I've given you what works, which I believe is a service business. And true independence comes from building a business and maximizing the people you depend on. One big client, even a $10,000 a month client, that's great. But if that's your only client, one is still close to none. You can be making $120,000 a year and you can go straight to zero when you only have one client. But compare that to 10 or 20 clients at 10,000 per month and that's a different story. Because even if at that rate, if you are, because your income is high enough, even if you have a yearly turnover or yearly churn rate of say 25%, which is relatively high, you're still wake, making well above more than you need to, to survive and thrive. So you can afford to lose a quarter of those clients and still be anti-fragile. Okay, you want enough clients that you're still anti-fragile, even in the case of, you know, maybe a black swan month or a black swan quarter where you lose 50% of your revenue for that quarter. You know, these things can happen in business for whatever reason. Markets change or some type of regulation. Okay, but you're still anti-fragile enough to survive and, and continue to thrive because you've spread your dependence around to enough people. Now, I'm not saying, you know, diversify sort of like this bullshit middle-class lie that you've been sold to diversify and throw your money to Wall Street into a basket of stocks and that's diversified. Well, first of all, that's not really diversified because you're still in stocks and you're still only in U.S. equities. So a rising tide lifts all ships or... You know, a lower tide sinks all ships. You're still tied to the equities market. And a lot of that diversification is the sales pitch for Wall Street to put you into these mutual funds with high MERs, the new things, index funds. But it's still, it's more of an illusion of diversity. But I'm not even talking about that illusion of diversity. I'm, I'm a fan of building a business, putting all, all your eggs in that one basket and watching that basket like a hawk. You know, that's what Carlos Slim did. That's what Warren Buffett did. That's what Bill Gates did. That's what... Steve Jobs did, that's what everybody on the Fortune 500 did, was build one massive business. Okay, it's, it's, yes, you can start to flow into different streams of income as time goes on, but, you know, at least the first five years, just, just building that, that one flow and then maybe building some somewhat dependent flows on that, but ones that can also stand up um, on an independent level, okay? So I'm not telling you to diversify in terms of your business. In fact, I'm telling you the opposite of that. I'm also not telling you to waste all your money, stocks and bonds and all that fucking bullshit. I'm telling you to get rich on a business, a service business with high margins, high ROI, something that you can get a 1,500% return like I get out of my business because the expenses are so low. Okay, I'm telling you to, to go all in on that and, and um, to put all your eggs in that basket. But within that basket... Um, you're going to have clients and that's where you want to be able to diversify. You want to have as many clients or as many customers as possible. You know, it was crazy. I was in a laundry shop a couple weeks ago with this Thai woman who, who does my laundry and she was complaining about having too many customers. Her staff was pregnant for a couple months and I said, why don't, you know, why don't you just hire another, another person? 
the next two months. She said, oh, I already have a staff. She's, she's pregnant now. I'm like, no, but for the next two months. And she sort of just waved it away. And she said she was thinking about shutting down that shop. She had another shop because she had too many clients. And we were on good terms, but she was relatively annoyed when I came in because it was, she's the owner there, mind you. She's complaining that it was too hot and that she had too many clients. I'm literally standing there with my weekly business to give her. And she's complaining about too many clients. She's complaining about money as opposed to expanding, hiring new staff, moving online, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Which to me is madness. You want as many clients as possible, even if you're overwhelmed, especially if you're overwhelmed. Okay. You want to be overwhelmed in business. Okay. Unfortunately, most entrepreneurs grossly underestimate the amount of work needed and they start to see a little success. Maybe they get their 60 or their $70,000 and stop pushing people into their pipeline. I've seen this when I worked in uh, cutthroat corporate sales in a past lifetime. Sales guys would get burned out. They'd let their pipeline go slack and they'd lie to themselves and say they were maintaining. But you know, the reality is they weren't in neutral. Okay. There's no neutral. Neutral is going down. Their gravity brings a flat line down with mathematical precision. You just can't see it until it's too late. They couldn't see it until they were hemorrhaging, you know, their book until their book was down 30, 40% on that month. Okay. And by then they need to scramble for the next two to three months to build up their, their pipeline because the pipeline's depleted and it takes a month or two months or three months to get some of those new big clients to come in. And that, that, that costs guys their quarter or it costs them, let's say the, you know, Q2, right? The last month and a half of Q2, you know, they were significantly down. So that cost them Q2. And then the first month and a half of Q3, they were down. So they ended up, um, missing targets on both Q2 and Q3 and in sales, you're only as good as your last quarter. Two bad quarters in any year, especially back to back, there's a good chance you're gone. And that's what happens to a lot of guys. Um, in sales, it's usually you move up or you move on or you get fired. Okay. Because you're constantly having these increasing revenue targets year over year. And that is exactly how guys get fired. And that will usually happen within three to five years of, of, you know, the guy working a sales job. Okay. Sales job is something that I recommend to you guys. If you want to learn how to sell, you want to learn how to make money, but it's a means to an end to get you to build enough cash for your exit plan and to get out there and do your own thing where you can't get fired. If you want to read more about that, check out my book, how to sell at revolutionary lifestyledesign.com. You can check the product section. I also got a new course coming up, how to build a six figure business. It's going to be truly intensive. With that being said, okay, that's not what you want to do, whether you're working a sales job or whether you're working your, your business. Okay. You never want to let that pipeline go slack. Okay. Instead, you want to keep that pipeline full to the point of having more clients than you can handle. This is what we call a high quality problem. I launched coaching this year. I've got a number of clients. I'm trying to do articles and videos for you guys. I'm, I'm working on launching my course, launching RLD free web design coming out at the end of this month, launching RLD marketing, um, which is already live in Australia. going to be out, have a course for you guys on that next year. I'm beyond busy, but that's a good thing in business. Okay. Instead of shirking away from that, the solution is to either hire more people to partner with somebody. 
which I've done, and to charge more for new clients to match demand. Okay, you never charge more to your current clients unless you're increasing the package, unless you're like adding an upsell to that, because then you're punishing a, a client for investing with you. If you want to add more money to your current clients, you have to upsell them to um, add more value. But you know, if demand is coming in strong and you have hired more people and demand is still strong, you can raise up the price to match demand. It'll slow the man, demand down, but it, it will um, allow you to, to manage those new clients because it'll slow down slightly, as well as increase your revenue and profit margins. In fact, that's what you should be doing is, you know, expanding or raising your prices in accordance with demand. And you're always going to have problems in business, okay? The biggest problem is depending on two little people. The problem you want is, you know, being overwhelmed by the amount of clients that you have and being overwhelmed by the amount of people that, that you're now depending on for money. Because that, at that point, you know that you're anti-fragile. Okay, I want you guys to start having bigger problems. A lot of guys are coming to me with small problems. I want you to have the problems of I'm overwhelmed with all the clients that I have because of all the hard work that I put in and I don't know what to do with all this money. Okay, that, and that's a serious, um, that's, that's a real problem. Do I reinvest in the business? Do I save it? You know, um, you know do I put it into property? What, what do I do with this money that's coming? That's the kind of problems that I want you guys to have. Okay, I want you to have the problem of, you know, I'm depending on all these people and these people are depending on me for services. Okay. So in summary, if you want to be anti-fragile and you want to be more independent, you need to increase the circle of people you depend on to get paid. All right. And you need to look at bringing in new clients every month to give you a margin of safety and to keep your revenue increasing year over year. I loathed sales. I hated sales. But sales, I have to say, you know, working in cutthroat corporate sales, learning how to survive, learning how to thrive, did so much for me. And I was able to watch businesses from the ground floor seeing exactly, you know, how a business earns, you know, or branch earns $5 million a year. And the focus is revenue target this month and how many new clients you brought on. Okay. And I hated it. I hated it. I hated the boss breathing down my neck, but I learned how to do it. And I learned what was actually necessary. If, if you know, I've been speaking with a number of guys, some of them are my clients and sometimes it's a shock for them to see how much is necessary and how much you have to focus on targets for you to be able to build a business. Okay, and, and getting new clients is a massive target. Very important. It's almost as important as how much revenue you made that month because what the, 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 the clients you bring on this month are your revenue for five months from now. Okay, if you're not doing that, you know, two quarters from now, your business is going to suffer. Okay, so you want to increase the circle of people you depend on to get paid as well as those people are now depending on you for your services. And you want to bring on a new client every month to give you a margin of safety and to keep your revenue increasing year over year. You want to see that revenue going up year over year. And if you can, quarter to quarter, at least in the first one to four years in business where you are, uh, where it is possible, especially in a high margin, high ROI service business, to get those types of exponential returns. You know, and, and, and your 30%, 50%, 75%, year over year growth is possible in those first one to five years in a service business. Okay, those are those are numbers you're never gonna see in the market. By the time the stock's gone in the market, you know, all those returns have gone to the early owners and investors and, and so forth. 
Okay, so bring bring on at least one new high ticket client per month is a great goal, and the more the better. By high ticket, I mean high paying client. Okay, if you're in the business of bringing on clients who pay you fifty dollars a month, you're not going to go very far. You want to be aiming for the top one percent of your market in any service business. That way, you're able to maximize profit. And when you're spending time on a client, you're able to spend enough time to over deliver on service because they're paying you enough. Okay, for my clients. Uh, for my peak performance coaching program, uh, right now it's a thousand dollars a month. They get one two-hour call a week, and they get unlimited access to me from 9 a.m. till midnight Bangkok time on WhatsApp for as many uh, text or voice messages that they want to send. And I try and respond as much as possible to those. Some clients hit me up one or two times a week. Some clients hit me up ten times a day, and I try and respond to every single one of those messages within. An hour. I'm able to do that because, you know, at a thousand dollars a month, and considering the fact that I live in Thailand, the amount of time is 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 worthwhile for me. Had I been charging fifty dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month for that service, it would not be feasible whatsoever. Okay, so that's one of the many reasons you want to focus on high ticket clients. Also, high ticket clients are just better clients to deal with in general. Usually, they have their own business. Or you know, guys who are able to spend a certain amount of money um, understand money. They understand service. They understand value. It's usually the cheapest clients, the low ticket items that are the most, or, or, or low ticket services that are the most problems. Okay. Ideally, you want to be dealing with people who don't care about money, right? You know, it, it's relatively the same amount of effort to sell a seventy thousand dollar house as it is to sell seven hundred thousand dollar or a seven million dollar house. It might take you know, five months longer to sell the $7 million house. But, you know, time for time is not a ton more energy. But that that person, there's a good chance he doesn't even care about money, right? You can take 500000 off the price and he's fine with that. He just wants to move the house. And he's not going to hassle you on every little detail. Okay, or, or, or you know, like, like you want to be dealing with people who care much more, who have a lot of money because they care much more about service than they do about price, okay? And like if, you know, let's say it's, your service is $3,000 to $6,000 a month, you want people that don't give a shit between $3,000 and $6,000. But that extra $3,000 is gonna mean a lot to you, right? That's the ideal. But I mean, you start at least on the top 1%, you wanna to move to the top 0.01% if possible, okay? So like my coaching is aimed for the top 1% of my audience. And that number is going to continue to run. Like I'm going to increase that price next year. And as I expand, as I get more traffic, um, you know, the, the, the top 1% of my, I'll have more top 1% to market to. I'll also have more 0.01% to market to. Okay. Now, yes, I have products for, you know, I have a ton of free stuff and then I have products, books, you know, $40 for, for, for sort of the entry level guys. Can have courses for maybe two fifty, maybe three hundred, maybe some for five hundred, uh, depending on demand. Um, for guys with a bit more money, and then the top end of my market. But for most of you guys, you know, who are just doing a straight service business, go straight to the top one percent. Okay, if you're selling real estate, you want to sell the top one percent. If you're selling insurance, you want to tell to the top one percent, and you want to get, you want to depend on as many of those people as possible. All right, which means as many clients or potential clients as possible. Because that, when you're depending on as many people as possible, 
you ironically become independent, okay? And it's because you're always depending on someone. You know, you're, you're not, no one can be totally independent. So it only makes sense to, to be dependent on as many people, to get money from as many people. I mean, when you, when you really break it down, it's just logical. So setting yearly or quarterly revenue and acquisition targets goes a long way, especially when you approach those goals as if there was a gun to your head. Okay, I don't mean that literally or in the sense of like putting pressure and fear on yourself, but in the sense of the test for how serious you are. I actually did an article on that. Like some guys will say, you know, I can't make 75 grand in my first year or my second year. Or some guys will say, you know, they're trying to go from 100 to 250 and they're saying they can't do, or they're saying like over three years, I can't go from 200, 250 to seven figures over three, four years. But the reality is, let's say you put a gun, someone put a gun to your head and the gun to your head of your, your family. Okay. God forbid. Could you do it? And if you answer yes, you know that it's possible. Okay. And that's the test of how serious you are. Because then you're saying, you know, to get to that six figures, you're saying, I, I, I can do it. I know it's possible for me, but I'm not going to commit to it. Okay. At that point, you shouldn't commit to it. If you're saying, I just don't want to do it, don't commit to it. You know, but when, but when you set that goal, right, you commit to it. And you treat it with the seriousness of a gun to your head, not with the fear and the pressure, but you don't give yourself that excuse when the year comes around. Like January 1st, when I'm doing my commitments... Okay, I don't go out on New Year's Eve. I get to bed early because January 1st is my yearly, quarterly, monthly task list. It's the perfect storm of all the things I have to do. And, you know, but I see that in my wonder list. You can check that out on my site, revolutionarylifestyledesign.com, uh, how to get organized. Okay, that's my organizational system, January 1st, start of the year. That's where everything has to get organized. And I'm, I take a lot of time setting my yearly goals, okay? Because I know those are going to get me to my mission goals, which is where I want to be by the end of every decade. I'm 36 now, and I'm thinking about where I want to be by 40. And that's that's dependent on my yearly health, wealth, relationships, and lifestyle goals, okay? And that wealth goal, that, that income goal or, you know, income and savings goal, I set that with the seriousness of a gun to my head, okay? This is like, I am, it's, it's, Goal isn't even the right word. Commitment's the right word. I'm like, I'm committing to this. Okay. And if I feel the goal is maybe too high, I might, I might drop it lower because the, the failure is just not an option for that goal. Okay. So I'm like, it has to be something that I will commit to because once I commit to it, I can't quit. There's no, you know, June 1st coming around, like maybe I should reconsider. Okay. That's not allowed. All right. It's not allowed to quit. You should not allow to quit on your business and you should not allow, be allowed to quit on your yearly goals and you should not be allowed to quit on your mission goal. That just takes the options off the table. You don't have to think anymore. You just have to do. Okay. And it's that dedication that's going to get you across the finish line. All right. So it means knowing that if you had a gun to your head, you could achieve your goal and, and executing at that level of seriousness that your goal is your number one priority that year. Outside of your health, which is number one, Okay, making sure that you're healthy. Your wealth goal should be number two. Okay, health because without it, you're dead. Wealth, without it, you sleep on the streets. Or even with a little bit of it, you're uncomfortable. You have to be in the top 1% um, to get comfortable. Okay, top 1% worldwide is about 50,000. But, you know, top 1% in your country, which in America, you want to be over six figures. If you're over here in Thailand, you want to be over, you know, 
40 grand US, but ideally you want to get into the top 1% of the world, which is, I tell guys like, you know, to start feeling comfortable, you want to get to six figures and you want to have six figures in your bank account. Okay. And, 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 and a consistent six figures each year, consistent eight grand coming in a month. You know, that's the start. I, th- I think that the first, the first big metric to aim for the first, um, you know, you're starting your service business like three years from now, you're going to be doing six figures year one, 40 year two, 70 year three, a hundred. Okay. You can do it faster, you know, but that kind of seriousness, that kind of commitment and that kind of pushing to get those new clients so that you're dependent on as many people as possible. You're spreading that dependence around, which in reality is, it equates to independence. Okay. Independence means depending on the fewest people possible. Um, or sorry, the, the most people possible. Okay. The more people you depend on and who therefore depend on you for your services, the more independent you're going to be. And that takes real hard work and real dedication. Okay. A lot of guys underestimate the dedication it takes but that's the price to pay for independence. That's the price to f- pay for freedom. I promise you it's worth it. Okay. Like I'm, I'm going to take you on a little tour. I'm just here in Thailand, man. Okay. This, this condo here probably cost me 2,500, 3,000 in Toronto, downtown Chiang Mai. Okay. It's not spectacular, but it's pretty nice, pretty comfortable. Pretty big for the size of Thailand. Cost me about eight fifty here, not including utilities. And you know, a third of the cost just by being able to move out here. You know, that was brought to brought to me by the hard work that I did in sales and and in this business that gave me the independence. That spreading my dependence around to you know, customers for my books, for, you know, for, for, for my clients, for my peak performance coaching program, all these things, as well as the, the freedom to do this business that I love to be able to talk to you guys. You know, I went out for a coffee, nice little mocha and some, some chocolate banana bread before I did this video, sat in the sunshine for about half an hour on a Monday afternoon because I have the independence to do that. Okay. And that's just one of the many benefits, man. I mean, like, I'm if you, if you haven't tasted a full year of independence where you're in control of your income, you've got your own business, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's game-changing and you can't go back. And it's possible for you, okay? 100% possible. Or if you're already doing well, it's possible to be more independent, okay? The way to, 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 to do that, the way to pay the price for independence is hard work and get dependent on more people. Okay, and you do that through number one, outbound sales, which is cold calling, pitching in person, or pitching to people through email, instant message, or through their social media pages, or all of the above. Okay, when I was in sales, it was only cold calling. If someone heard you pitch a voicemail, you'd be fired. If it was a first pitch on email, you'd be fired. But, you know, times have changed. I still think cold calling is the best method for outbound sales, but sometimes it's hard to get hold of people, or if they're an online business, they might not have a phone number. But do all the above, you know, call them, call the decision maker, leave a voicemail, message them on their Facebook page, message them on their LinkedIn, email them, do that twice a day until you hear a hard no or until you get a close. Okay. 
And if you are working your own business full-time, 100 to 400 outbound touch points a day, okay? Two to three hours on the phone a day of pitching if possible. Seven days a week. Eight to 12 hours a day for your, at least your first year, right? That's part of what it takes, okay? Another part is inbound marketing. If you have the money, you might not have the money off the start, but if you have the money, Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn ads, stay tuned for RLD Marketing. Um, we've already started for various service businesses uh, in Australia doing um, Facebook ads. Facebook right now is the most effective marketing platform. I think it used to be Google ads, but the amount of data and retargeting you can do on Facebook is incredible. Um, <laughs> it's, it's actually quite scary when, when you think about what Facebook's capable of. But I stopped caring about privacy a long time ago. Um, privacy no longer exists. I need social media to build my business and that's that. Um, but, but massive, incredible for marketing. Okay, and that's other ways to get uh, people's attention. Last way is organic traffic, uh, which is attracting clients by providing valuable content on social media, like this video I'm doing here on YouTube, as well as will be uploaded to my Facebook, SoundCloud, podcast, as well as through your website. SEO is still useful. It's not as useful as it used to be, but you know, writing um, targeted keywords for SEO is still useful. And I still get a lot of traffic to my site um, of the two. My business exists because of my website, which is 99% Google search and YouTube. Okay, so two Google products. Facebook and Instagram are pay for play at this point. Uh, LinkedIn to some degree, but the real organic traffic is gonna come from Google products, okay? As I said before, Google's been a godsend for my business and I really mean that. Um, so the name of the game is finding who has your money and getting their attention. Okay, it's that simple. Who has my money getting their attention and getting as many of those people to do business with you, okay? Getting as much attention from people as possible, getting as much attention from the right people as possible, the ones that have your money and that are interested in your service, and getting as many of those possible people to close and to do business with you, and therefore being dependent on as many people as possible, which gives you independence. From there, it's just a matter of putting those people in your pipeline, closing them, and keeping your pipeline packed with hot products. You know, the, the command of an entrepreneur is thou shalt not let thy pipeline go slack, okay? In short, you get your independence and financial freedom by getting as many people to pay you as possible. If you don't have their attention, if they don't know you, they can't pay you, okay? It's your network that pays you, okay? I did a video, an article on it um, called... Your network is your net worth because people can't buy from you if they don't know you. So you want to get as many potential clients in your network as you possibly can. Not in the sense of, the, you know, some BS networking conference. I also did a video on why networking is a waste of time and I still believe it. Okay. Cause all those networking events with the guys in sharp suits are a bunch of guys acting like they have money, looking to find someone to give them money, but it's all a bunch of sales guys talking to each other, handing out business cards and, wasting everybody's time okay i'm not talking about that kind of networking okay i'm talking about getting people's attention and selling them and closing them okay you'll know it's you'll know it's sales when you're uncomfortable Networking's comfortable okay you're just handing out business cards and talking you know you're selling when you're when you have a pitch and it's uncomfortable and sometimes you're putting some pressure on somebody okay that's sales all right not some bs networking comp 
confidence. All right. Your network is your net worth. You want to have as big a network as possible. If you can, you want to be able to depend on thousands of people a month or 10,000 people or millions of people a month, if that's possible. It's probably not going to be possible in your service business, but you know, a service business filled with, you know, 25 high ticket clients, you know, paying you a thousand to ten thousand dollars a month, right? It's a different ballgame. Okay. Or or maybe you have a product-based business. Um, you know, you can have thousands of clients a month or tens of thousands. Right. Either way, I recommend a service business and I recommend expanding your network as much as you can of 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 getting people in there who are qualified to pay for your services, who have who have an interest in them, and getting them to pay you. And therefore being dependent, spreading that dependence around. Okay. That way you don't have to depend on your mom or depend on your family or depend on a single client or even worse, depend on a boss who can just turn off the taps, right? Boss can just say you're fired and it's over. Okay. You want to be in business for yourself where you can't get fired and where you are, where your income is not capped where you can hire other people to replace you on certain tasks and where you can control your own independence by getting bringing on as many high ticket clients as possible. That way you're fragile and you're independent or anti-fragile and independent. Okay, that's the game. It takes hard work to get there, but believe me, it's well worth it. So if you've been slacking off, man, it's time to get to work. Um, if you've been doing well, man, keep going. Don't let that pipeline go slack. Okay. As always, you know, if you wanted to check out a couple of the books mentioned, check out how to sell and how to get organized at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash products. If you need help stepping up, um, with sales, with marketing, um, you know, getting your business income up or, 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 you know, getting some things off the ground, check me out revolutionarylifestyledesign.com forward slash coaching. And, um, you know, sign up and, and, you know, I'll, I'll go to work and we'll, we'll put a plan together. But if not, man, just keep watching this free stuff. And I wish you all the best in your personal development journey.